0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Stephen Gerrard says Rangers will defend their title with their lives as they announce their pre-season schedule. Are Celtic closing in on their first summer signing with Mario Vuskovic? And could grounds be back to full capacity by early August? I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. 33 days away from the start of the new league season and Stephen Gerrard has cracked up the atmosphere. Defend the title with our lives. I suppose it's better, Andrew, than saying we'll take one game at a time. It can only get only more dramatic if Ange Postacoglu decides to call in tonight and tell us which position he thinks Celtic needs strengthened in time for the new season. This is a multi-dimensional choice for Celtic. 22 days away from their first Champions League qualifier. Well, with that in mind, it's also that time of the year where transfer rumours start flying about. Clubs with plenty of business still to do. So how about you answer this question for us? Which position is the priority for your club in the transfer window? What one area in particular do you feel needs addressed more than most heading into the new season? Let us know what you think. 0141 951 1025. Or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. But we love hearing from you on the phone. So 0141 951 1025. Celtic fans probably... A lot more to choose from, Hugh, you'd think, than, than Rangers fans. A much more settled squad in, in that part of Glasgow. Well, you can start off with a goalkeeper and an entire back four uh, and then have a think about the rest of the team. Uh, it's incredible to think that Celtic are 22 days away from Mitchelland and the Champions League qualifier. And you know, no one knows for sure. Loads of speculation this morning about who might be coming in. And how far and wide Ange Postacoglu will cast the net Because he's been used to signing players from Brazil And all over the place in his time in uh, Asia Uh, So for Celtic An incredible amount of work to do And three weeks in which to do it It's not as vital as the Michelin game But I think Celtic's first friendly is the 7th of July They head down to Wales for their pre-season training camp You'd think he'd want to have some bodies in the door For that trip to go down there If he's wanting to, to implement his style Going into the new campaign If you know he's Well I suppose it's a whole new style That he's going to bring to Celtic oh. He was talking about it in his pre-season Or sorry in his uh, press conference on Friday If he's going to want to do that He's going to want to get the players in the door As quickly as possible Early pressure on Dominic Mackay The new chief executive Uh, But at the end of the day Celtic can only do as much as they are able to do In that three week period And it may be that Ange Postacoglu May have to go with uh, an odd looking team For his first Champions League qualifier 01419511025 01419511025 Let us know your thoughts What position do you think your team need to strengthen in most? Alec is in Parkhead He's up first Alec, I'll put the question to you You're a Celtic fan What area in particular do you think that Celtic need to strengthen? Hi, how we doing? How we doing, Hugh? Good, thanks, Alec I, uh, I think that for Celtic, you know If we can get the spine You know, we've got so many positions that we're going to fill You know, striker, you know At one point I would have stayed a strong defence. We don't know if Edwell's going to be there. But I think that, you know, if we can get this boy for Croatia, air the line, you know, and build for air, I would like to see us getting the spine. Now, for that, we would need a keeper. We need two centre-halves. You've got to go, Cal McGregor, you've got David Turnbull, you've got Isla Malastoro there. And then, do you need one striker? Do you need two strikers? Is Griffiths going to stay? And just, just to finish it, I think the encouraging news at the weekend about 
getting fans in. You know, I think that, I mean, I used to go... Ali, we'll fans. come back to that in a second. I'll, I'll put your first point to, to Hugh there and we'll come back to fans. I mean, we've put the question to Alikov, which position uh-huh. in particular... And really that sort of just tells you exactly the position Celtic are in that Alec has basically listed almost every single position because goalkeepers, yeah. you've got a toss-up really of, of what Scott Bain, uh, Barkas as well, people that haven't really impressed enough for Celtic fans to want them in there. There's then the defence that needs addressed. He's talking about strikers as well. There's there's a lot to be done. The one defensive certainty would be Christopher Ayer if he's staying but again, he comes into that don't know category And there are loads of them in the don't know category yeah, There'll be Christopher Julian as well Who's still to come back from injury yeah. He's the, the sort of only real senior centre-back Out, out with uh, Christopher Ryer but Or Stephen Welsh in there too But he's still a long way off being fit Christopher Julian And with respect to Stephen Welsh He was a stopgap He is still at the apprentice stage Uh and he has a, a way to go yet before he's an established first-team player at Celtic. So many imponderables for Ange Postacoglu. It's almost unfair on the man. However, he accepted the job knowing that this was the case. So you'll have to go on with it. But as I say, early pressure on Dominic Mackay because there's no head of recruitment yet either. So early pressure on Mackay and Postacoglu to assemble a team worthy of the name in time for Mitchelland. Alec touched on young Croatian centre-back 19-year-old Mario Vuskovic. He's been linked mm. with a move to Celtic. Plays for Hajduk Split at the moment, under 21 international. The fee quoted somewhere in the region of 4 or 5 million, which for Scottish football, a lot of money, especially for, for a 19-year-old. Oh. It's obviously a position Celtic needs to strengthen and maybe not as experienced as, as other candidates, but that is the way that, that Celtic and Rangers need to do their business. They need to buy these younger players and yeah. it can be a risk, but certainly they think that he must be a guy that can come in and, and hit the ground running if they're going to pay that type of fee. Well, all over the place, Celtic are in the business of risk. Uh, they, they simply have to get players in. Uh, you know, the, the start of the league season, 31st of July, away to Hearts, First Old Firm game, uh, August 29, Sunday at Ibrox. The the season is racing to meet Ange Postacoglu and at the moment uh, Celtic are ill-prepared for the start of the season in terms of personnel. Alec, do you want to come back in? Aye, uh, just before I touch on the crowds, the thing, that, and I say this way back when we were getting a new manager, the thing that excites me in the past, Celtic would get projects. We'd maybe buy the finished article, but we'd be projects, you know, maybe someday for the season, this season, next season, whatever. This season, it's going to, as you say, this is going to be to be players who are coming in into the first team. No someday that's going to get into a squad. We don't need squad players right now. We need the first 11 players. So I'm excited because whether it's a Mora next week, I know that when I go into my Celtic pages or Radio Clyde, Celtic's going to be signing this guy. Celtic's going to be signing this guy. So that's what I'm excited about. And just regard to the fans. One know, sec, Alec, I'll let you come back in. Just just to put that point to Hugh, does that mean Celtic have a you know less area of, of well, sort of margin of error, really? If they're having to bring in guys who have to come in, have to make an impact in the first team, basically every single signing has to be spot on at this point. And it never works out that way. And that's not just a, applicable to Celtic, that's to every football club. Not every Incoming transfer that you make is a success And uh, you know Celtic have had plenty of failures in recent times With regard to the transfer market But they're flying by the seat of their pants Because they have to There's three weeks to go until they have a Champions League qualifier Three weeks Alec 
I just about the, the fans, as I was saying, see if we can get full capacity. Oh, yeah, Scotland, you know, but I'm a season bookman for Celtic. I remember a couple of seasons ago, I'd be maybe watching Celtic against St Mum or Motherwell or, or whatever, and I'd be sitting there and I wouldn't be inspired. I think now, but what has happened last year, it's going to make you, and uh, it's going to make you appreciate what you're watching now. Now, one of the Celtic's first games back against East Fife, I'm rushing along you, and I know that I'm never going to take whatever I've had in the past for granted regards to football because you know I love football, so I know that I'm going to I'm going to appreciate it. Well, that is the response that Dominic Mackay is looking for, uh, and throughout the country. Um, people have been starved of their attendance at football and they want it back. And don't worry, every man responsible for the accounts of every club in Scotland wants you back as well, Alec. Yeah, I mean, we've seen the the crowds at the Euros. We've got Croatia against Spain on in the background. We saw the the crowds of about 12,000 at Hamden as well. It's just great to see it back. There's been some updates that we'll bring you later on from... Jason Leach about the possibilities of what crowds could be from you know the 9th of August they're, they're hoping that if, if everything's going in the same direction it is that it, it could be capacity crowds oh. by that time that's only six weeks away but it'd be fantastic for, for Scottish football not just financially for the clubs but for what the fans have been through as well not being able to see their team for a whole season being able to get back in right at the start of the campaign There's the emotional side to that question Andrew and there's the economics side of the question uh, the emotional side is that, as Alec on the line has said, he cannot wait to get back inside his favourite football ground. But throughout the country, people will tell you uh, that they cannot go on in this way, starved of the paying customer. So, of course, it's vital that people get back in sooner rather than later, so long as the science and Jason Leach permits. Well, thank you to Alec. 01419511025 is the number you need. We're asking you, what one position do you think your club need to strengthen and what's the priority this summer? I'll put that question to William, a Rangers fan in North Ayrshire. William, where do you think Rangers need to strengthen? What's the priority for Rangers in this transfer window? Yeah, hello, Andrew. Thanks for putting me on. Uh, yeah, uh, as I was saying to your producer, I think Rangers have got a brilliant squad, right? They're miles, they're miles in front of everybody in the league, right? But the one position I think... And sure, sure, remember this player, George Alberts, right? See if we can get a player like that, right? He can ping a ball for it. Under sort of Stephen Gerrard mode as well. Ping a ball for 20 yards. Eh, good defence, like, do that pass, take the corner, eh, free kicks, all that kind of thing. He was br- but just missing a player that can ping a ball for distance, you know? He gave you about 10 to 15 goals a season. If we can get that type of player, I think it'd be perfect for Rangers. And that's why he was called the hammer, uh, because he could hammer them in from all over the place. Um, touch of nostalgia there with big George Albert but, uh, I think that William on the line knows that Rangers have a squad that is settled uh, they're looking to maintain momentum they've got that title the first trophy won by Stephen Gerrard and I, I think they are in reasonable shape to begin the season uh, without signing anyone else they have players like Fashion Zakala to come in as well Uh so, yeah, I mean, a George Alberts doesn't pass by every now and then. Uh, so, if you can find one, good. But I'd say that Rangers are, of all the teams in the Premiership, they are the most prepared and settled, awaiting July 31st and the start of the season. Well, Stephen Gerrard says 
he wants bodies in the door they will sign new players but William if, if you were just to go into the new season with the squad Rangers have at the moment would you be more than happy more than confident that you'd be able to go on and win the title again? Yeah definitely I, I keep saying to all my friends and that, see if you drop 20 points or less right 20 points or less you're made or less guaranteed to win the league right so if you drop that kind of, the Rangers we lived it up to 12 points or something last year something like that uh, I just think as you says, Celtic are all prepared. The, the, the guy keeps the people. People keep going saying they'll get a good a core of players, like six or seven. That means they need to buy another sixteen to two players in every position. So that's how I think that Rangers are just like they're, they're miles in front. All they need to do is just play the same way as last season, and I can't see them getting beat. I might be wrong, but I can't see them getting beat. Well, you would, you'd certainly have a bet on Rangers um, to retain the title, simply because of the. Uncertainty at Celtic You know Ange Postacoglu Was very impressive In his press conference But he himself said It's all words What he has to do Is get it right on the park And they have so many players To bring in So little time In which to do it And the need is great Not to have a faltering start In the, the, the league Which gives Rangers Even more confidence So Incredible amount of work being done at Celtic Williams, you think the problem for Rangers is at the other side of the transfer market, when you look at some of the areas of the pitch they've got, you look at centre-back, there's Goldson, Balligan, Hellander, Simpson, Edmondson and Katic. That's six centre-backs for, for two positions. Do you think there's there's now a case where Steven Gerrard's going to have to, to look and, and be clearing out some areas because it's a pretty stacked squad Rangers have at the moment? Yeah, he's, he's, defi- he's definitely going to clear maybe two, two of the names you've, you've said. Possibly to Cartage, he's he's fighting back for injury. Edmondson, I think, I think it's all getting the feet up for him. I think, I think he'll go to Derby or something like that. And there's other positions like there's what fringe players. I don't. I think I think the boy that went to Sunderland. Oh, his name escapes me. Jordan Jones. Yeah, I think I think he'll I think he'll be let go. There's there's your boy Middle. He's he's on loan. I think he'll be let go. People are on the fringes. Obviously, we're the, we're going to go in the Champions League, right? So we'll we'll need. We'll maybe have to sell I think we'll have to sell One player right That'll get some money Hopefully we'll get Into the Champions League And we can boost Boost the transfers With a couple of great signings That'll get the, get the fans Out of seats That's something that, that People high up at, at Rangers Have said that You know They will need to make sales That's uh-huh. what it is To, to be a, a club in Scotland A big club in Scotland You need to be self-sustainable You need to be able to bring in players for a lower fee sell them for a higher fee it looks as if that's going to happen at some point during this summer William is there any players in particular that you'd be more comfortable with, with losing than others I don't want I don't want to I'll be honest right I don't want to lose Morelos I don't want to lose Kamara I definitely don't want to lose Ryan Kane because he's the best player in Scotland or, or Tavernier they're, they're joint in my opinion right but the one I would let go would be would surprise maybe a few Rangers fans by Hadji. A good fee for him. It's reported ten million maybe. And we're only bought for what four? That that could be a good bit of business. That's that's ten million straight away. Well, the ten million is of course purely speculation. Uh you don't get that until someone offers it to you. Um but you're right, Andrew, in what you say that Rangers at some point have to balance the books. Uh, and also, you know, as everyone knows, there was a league table printed recently of those who had borrowed most money from the government in terms of the pandemic, uh, and Rangers topped that list. Uh, so, player dealings are an important part of the way forward for Rangers in terms of bringing money into the club. But they're very handily placed. They've got 
plenty of players who can I think look forward with optimism to the defence of the title next season and they also have others that they could get money for There have been links uh, over the last few days between Alfredo Morelos and Porto the mm. I think there was reports from Portugal saying that potentially he'd maybe agreed personal terms. It obviously comes down to whether a fee can be agreed between Rangers and Porto, whether Rangers even want to sell him. But you look at his goals record from the past few seasons, what he's done in Europe for Rangers, you'd think that, you know, Steven Gerrard would certainly be loath to lose Alfredo Morelos. He's still looking at talismanic figure for Rangers. You know, when you think of goal scorers at, at, at Rangers, you think that he's your best bet. You know, Ryan Kent can blow hot and cold in that department. Uh, Itten has not really done it on a regular basis Likewise, Kamar Roof uh, Who can score spectacular goals And then have the occasional little mini drought uh, But you tend to think of Morelos as your go-to guy However, if the money is right Then Rangers can't continually knock back good money for players well, thank you to William. 01419511025 is the number you need. We're asking you, what is the priority for your club in this transfer window? What's the one position you think your club need to strengthen in? Give us a call on 01419511025 and you could be up next. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 01419511025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the second part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. We're asking you, what is the priority for your club in this transfer window? What is the one area you think you need to strengthen? 01419511025 if you want to get in touch. Also, just uh, Croatia Spain is on in the background in the studio as well. I mean, we need to talk about that opener for Croatia. If you've not seen it, it was a, a back pass from... Pedri, the Spain midfielder who was just inside his own half I think it's been clocked at 49 yards passed it back to his own keeper who then completely took his eye off it bobbled sort of under passed his foot over his foot I'm not even sure what it was into the back of the net horrific absolutely horrific I was immediately reminded of a quote from the former Netherlands superstar Ruud Hulet who said they're goalkeepers because they can't play football I think there's a few goalkeepers these days, to be fair, that, that might uh, go against that. The likes of Ederson and Alisson, but I'm not sure Unai Simon in the, the Spain net was quite on their but level there. Luckily for him and Luis Enrique, uh, Spain have come back in a dominant fashion and they're 2-1 up now. But there have been some bizarre old goals in Euro 2020 so far. Now that was the, the stat as well, was that this is the ninth own goal of Euro 2020, which is the same amount of own goals that have taken place in all the other European championships combined. Now, I have no idea how that has even managed to happen. No. Like there, There's no logic behind it whatsoever. It's, it's quite something. But with regard to the tournament in general, I've enjoyed it, apart from Scotland going out prematurely, but that was their fault. Uh, but I have enjoyed this tournament Anyway, back to the real stuff Scottish football, that's what we're all here for 0141 951 1025 John is a Celtic fan up next in Coatbridge John, we've been asking people what they think is a priority for their team in this transfer window What do you think Celtic need to do? Evening Hugh, evening Andrew uh, I'm sure if you remember I've been on last year And I think the young boy Potis Would be a great signing for Celtic I think he's one of the most improved players Last year in Scotland He's got a bit of the rashness And I think obviously Needing a centre half I think the boy would be a great signing And obviously I would love to I would like to see him As we're talking to my mate there Go for that Josh Doidge I think he'd be a great signing But I think Ryan Portis Would be a brilliant signing for Celtic Well the, the, 
this is one of the problems you have with Ange Postacoglu because he will be entirely unaware of uh, what Ryan Porteous can do and he'll have to be brought up to speed very, very quickly. Um, Hibbs would also have to be careful, you know, if you're talking about Josh Doig and Ryan Porteous, Hibbs have fans as well and their fans are not going to take lightly the idea of selling the two best players at the club to Celtic or, or any other Premiership club. And you look at the, the other clubs in the, the Scottish Premiership, we've seen bids rejected from a lot of them in, in recent times. I think there was reports that a, a two and a half million pound bid had been rejected for Josh Doig. You know, there's been, I think there was a uh, certainly a seven figure fee that had been rejected for Ryan Porteous and Kevin Nisbet in January. Mm. It's not like it used to be or like it has been in, in previous times in Scottish football. Teams like Hibs and, and Aberdeen aren't going to lie down and and take smaller fees, fees that they don't think are, are maybe what their players are worth. They, they're willing to actually say, you know what, we're, we're going to stand our ground here and, and we want what we think our player is worth. And they may get it from an English club. Uh, Celtic, you know, Celtic will have to put up with endless speculation because Celtic's need is great and they have to have anything between 10 and a dozen players coming in. So obviously every day, John will wake up and he'll find Celtic being linked with Aaron Hickey in Serie A and that will be the daily tale uh, whether it's Serie A or uh, Hadjuk split for Vizukovic uh, that's just going to be the, the, the way of it for Celtic every day now John does it concern you that I think we're 22 days out from Celtic's first European qualifier does it concern you that with, with that being such a vital game Celtic you know desperate to get into the Champions League group stages that Ange Postacoglu still has so much work to do in the transfer market that's in a way but uh, as Ali referred to there I think every every signing now we'll make is, is going to be a guy we'll make going to the first team which has made us a point the last couple of weeks the last couple of months obviously it's a total, total new defence we sort of need and but as I said, as Alec had said there, most of the guys will hang me. I'll, I'll go straight into the team. I think. You know what I mean? Especially the defenders. You know I mean, well, I the, think, the problem, uh, the problem you have, John. You know, it's, it's, of course, Celtic have to get players in. They have to gamble. Not all of the transfers will be successful. You know, you look back at last season, John. Diego Laxalt, not a success. John Joe Kenny, not a success. Shane Duffy, not a success. The goalkeeper, please don't get me started. Uh, you know, so Ange Postacoglu will have to be very, very fortunate in his transfer dealings if 75% of them work out. How tough could that be going into European qualifiers if you're going in with what is potentially a brand new back four with a brand new goalkeeper, guys that aren't used to playing with each other going into what is a, a really high-pressure game, a lot on the line for Celtic? Yeah, uh, I mean, you don't have to be a former manager or former player to understand that if you were to play a new goalkeeper and an entirely new back four, and that's your first game, Mitchelland, Champions League qualifier, you have got to have your fingers crossed that all goes well because it stands to reason that it shouldn't. I suppose we can almost kind of flip the question for Celtic, John. Where where do you think Celtic don't need to address in the transfer market? Is there any areas that you're more than happy with that, that you think, you know what, don't focus there. There's there's plenty of other areas to look at. Well, the, mid, the midfield, is, is, to me, is still all right. I mean, with Turnbull, 
mean, I think he's obviously, he was a long success story last year, you know what I mean? But, uh, it's, talking about the goalkeepers, you have, I think I was on my night last week, and as I said to Jim Duffy, I think it was, or Mark Wilson, right, the goalkeeper didn't excel himself, right? But, see, you could have a, a booth on, on his, his best, but they've been struggled in that cell, but behind that, no, the defence last year. Because the, the guy, the guy must have been an absolute uh, nervous wreck playing behind that defence. So they were last year. So I don't think the guy is the best goalkeeper, but I think maybe this guy will know him a bit better with the Greek connection. So he might, he might see some men we don't. Know what I mean? Well, but bear, I know, I know he has been murdered. I'll, I'll give you that. Know what I mean? Bearing bear in mind that Ange Postecoglou left Greece when he was five years old, so you know he's basically an Australian. Uh, who has recently worked in Japan um, The problem with Barkas He was a nervous wreck Before the season started to go wrong for Celtic He was a nervous wreck From the word go And his problem as a goalkeeper Is that everything that comes in between his posts And underneath his bar is a problem to him When it comes to people like Barkas And guys who didn't perform for Celtic last season Do you think a fresh set of eyes could change their fortunes Hugh do you think Ange Postacoglu coming in someone that hasn't dealt with them before can just kind of say you know what that was all last season I'm just going to take you all at face value what I see in training sessions uh-huh. and it could really be a, a fresh start for some guys that, that haven't had the time they wanted at Celtic to, to kick on and, and maybe do something else but goalkeeper is the ultimate in the specialised position now Barkas somebody saw something in Barkas that made Celtic pay £5 million to get him however what John and every other Celtic supporter has seen Has been a goalkeeper who looks hopelessly miscast here And it would have to be one heck of a transformation for him To turn into uh, a goalkeeper who was going to save you 15 points per season um, However, Ange Postacoglu may believe he can get something out of him And that's his prerogative um, But I can't imagine the barcast that we all looked at last season Being the right fit for Celtic in the coming season. John, when it comes to the likes of Odson Edward, Christopher Ayer, Ryan Christie, guys whose contracts are running out, are you just resigned to losing them? Do you think, you know, they'll have to go this summer or do you think there's any chance that Celtic might be able to hold on to them? Well, as I've said here on last last year on here, last season, sorry, I would I would get ready Edward in a minute because he's he's a non-trial last year, as far as I'm concerned. And he was part of the problem with Celtic. I don't know maybe it was through falling out with the manager, maybe. But uh, I mean, he was he was still he, the top goal scorer in the league for a guy that was a a non-trial. I know that, but to me, he's just his whole attitude sort of is terrible. But see, the thing is, is well talked about this guy, the new manager. I think he could pull out a few crackers from maybe the middle, uh, sorry, the middle east, you know, the far east, the Japan, and all that. He could maybe sign a few good ones that we've never heard. Of, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm hoping maybe he'll have seen players over there that could do a job for Celtic. So okay. that's what I'm actually. Hopefully, well, we got another Nakamura. I know that's asking a bit much, but <laughs> I just here's hoping. Well, again, that that's the territory that you're in, John. Hoping, because you don't know, uh, and y- y- you know, after Nakamura, you couldn't say, or oh, why are you bothering the Japanese market. But um, you'd have to be very lucky to start moving them in here from Japan and uh, finding out that everyone was a success. Um, as I say, I feel for the man because he's got three weeks to start off. His day job at Celtic It's all very well press conferences Press conferences for the radio For the television For the newspapers For the fans But 
He's got to do it on the park And he's got three weeks to find himself a team How tough do you think that is for Ange Postacoglu? Because possibly he, he was he was in Japan And there was some players he liked And he thought, you know, maybe maybe their level could transfer over To, to what I'm going to in Scotland uh-huh. But he's got to quickly sort of realise and, and get these Celtic players on training And got to basically analyse and see, right where are these guys at Compared to guys I've worked at before Would um, it work it's, it's a complicated process Isn't it Extremely complicated And so little time In which to do it However Celtic made a, An error A serious error By allowing Eddie Howe To string them along And now they've brought in Postacoglu Who Has a He's almost got to perform A miracle in three weeks He's got to have Players there Ready to go Champions League qualifiers Go to Tynecastle day one of the league season Go to Ibrooks on the 29th of August uh, Everything rushing up to meet him uh, And he keeps on saying we're working hard on it We're working hard on it And I have no doubt that he is But the number The sheer scale of the transfers incoming That he has to take care of uh, Is a daunting prospect Well thank you to John 01419511025 if you want to get involved Let's hear from Ange Postacoglu on transfer shall we This is what he said on Friday We're working hard and and, and to be fair like I said it's it's a challenging time you know all around the world in terms of signing players and and, and, and the ability to, to even watch players these days is, is very difficult but club's working awfully hard and, and I'm pushing them as hard as I can and, and we're hoping that we can make some announcements very very soon um, uh, and certainly, um, you know, from our perspective, there's some urgency around at least a couple of positions, particularly with this game coming up uh, in four weeks' time. As you say, that was Friday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. And, you know, nothing's happened in between. Uh, I feel for him. And he will be looking at Dominic Mackay and others at Celtic to give him a real helping hand here. Um, and it has to be done very, very quickly because... He, he strikes me as the kind of man that will need to know he's got the right people round about him and working for him to help him. Otherwise, he won't be happy. It was something we touched on the show on Friday. Are you surprised that he's not brought in any of his own men at the moment? He was asked about that backroom staff, whether he was planning on bringing anyone in. He was a bit vague about it, said, you know, it's, it's something he'd look at over the next few weeks. It'd been in the pipeline for a few weeks before he'd managed to, to make his way over here and quarantine. Were you surprised that... There's no one from you know a, a previous club, someone he's worked with, that he's decided to, to immediately bring in to help the transition? Yes, I am. Uh, the time spent in quarantine is time you can use to your advantage in terms of looking at players. Um, you've got nothing else to do. So you can look at players and you can consider your backroom staff and everybody needs somebody there coming into a different country, a different continent, different culture. He needs somebody there that he can turn to and he knows that person. And with respect to John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, he barely knows them. Um, so I am surprised, but as I say, he understood what he was getting into and I'm very much afraid that my sympathy for him and what he has to do in a short space of time is neither here nor there. He's the one that's got to do it. In the case of John Kennedy and Gavin Strachan, is it maybe good having them about as their guys who know the club, know Scottish football? You look back to when Vim Janssen came in, was it Murdo McLeod was his assistant? He yeah. had a guy there that, that knew everything about the club, had worked there before. Is it important to have these guys? Do you think Andrew Hostacoglu will really lean on them in the first few weeks? I can tell you from that time that Murdo McLeod was invaluable to Celtic. Because Vim Janssen arrived 
with even less time to work than Ange Postacoglu has. Uh, so the problem that they have, Gavin Strachan and John Kennedy, is the credibility issue. They were there last season when the season fell apart and some Celtic supporters, and this programme has highlighted it time and time again, do not forgive them. So it's up to Ange Postacoglu to sort that situation out. Neil Lennon didn't get in the men that he wanted to help him, but I maintain that was his fault. He shouldn't have taken the job if he didn't get the men that he wanted to be there beside him. 01419511025 is the number you need if you want to get in touch. Stick around because we'll be hearing what Jason Leach has to say about getting fans back into stadia by the start of August. 01419511025. This is Scottish football's league leader, Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 01419511025. If you want to get in touch, we've just been watching the Croatia Spain game last few minutes. Uh, during the break here it's, it's all happening It looked as if Croatia were down and out They were 3-1 down And then they scored a goal Straight out of the Sunday League playbook To bring it back to 3-2 A real scrappy goal mouth effort That eventually was was ruled in By goal line technology But a chance here In the last few minutes for them I'm looking at the Spanish To English dictionary here To find out how you say Squeaky bum time <laughs> The thing is I, I should be saying Croatia Through gritted teeth After what happened a few days ago But I'll admit I've got them in the work sweepstakes So oh. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it too much If they went through Self-interest Shocking I apologise I apologise 01419511025 Tommy is next up in Govan Tommy what have you got for us? Hi there uh, Listen I've been watching The Great Delight Over the weekend The, the football uh, the games have been fantastic. Uh, I, I kind of was supposed to be on. I missed a call, I think, on Thursday to come on about Steve Clark. Uh, and my point was just straightforward. I think we just need to get rid of him now. There's no point dragging this out. I think what we witnessed over the tournament was somebody who was clueless tactically. His team selection was appalling. His subs were even worse. Um, and then as you're watching what's happened over the weekend... Where teams when they need a goal They're throwing two, three players on Changing things up And it was just I emphasised everything I thought on, on Thursday before I mean we, we blew it We virtually hosted a tournament at home We scored one goal The, the, the game was done In his first team selection That should have been the sign that look, This guy's just not got it There isn't anybody in Scotland That would have picked that team He's no football genius. In fact, when he got the job, I, I came on and said I was a bit underwhelmed with the appointment because he hadn't really ever achieved anything in football apart from making his team difficult to beat on a plastic pitch and I mean, finishing. He'd had pretty good experience under the likes of Jose Mourinho. I mean, he's he's very yeah, well thought of. The manager, by... though. Yeah, but it's, it's still it's still part of a successful side. He's he'd been part of you know a coaching staff in Champions League final. But I think the thing is, Hugh, there's obviously a lot of emotion when it comes to mm. to the Scotland issue, and there's there's going to be people that disagree with Steve Clark, didn't like his his tactics or his substitutions. But this is a guy that that did get Scotland to a major tournament for the first time in 23 years. So is it fair to then turn round when we didn't make it to the knockout stages to say, ah, you know what, get rid of them? Um, it doesn't matter whether it's fair or unfair. Uh, the SFA have decided that they want him to stay and they want him to extend his contract. Let me say that, in summary, I don't think it was a good campaign. I don't think Euro 2020 was good 
for Scotland I don't buy into the one from the heart against England Made up for two in the chin from the Czech Republic and Croatia uh, It was a goalless draw in London remember uh, So I, I did not think it was a good campaign However I'm not going to form the vigilante movement And try and hunt Steve Clark out of town However again we have two World Cup ties to play away from home in September against Denmark, who are doing terrific things in Euro 2020, and Austria, who are a point behind us and will really need to win the match in Vienna. Uh, those two games are very important for Steve Clark. But I repeat, I don't think Euro 2020 was a good campaign for Scotland. Tommy? Well, listen, Hugh's actually touched on the, the nubby of the issue here, and this is one of the reasons why I think if we have any hope of qualifying, he needs to go. We have played none out of our three hardest games. We've still got our three hardest games to come. He's dropped four points. Um, we've, we've got, at the very best, an uphill task. And if he doesn't change his, his philosophy... And I think it was listen. It was shown. Hughes touched on it again. It was shown in this tournament. He has not an attacking bone in his body. Not one. I mean, we did play with two strikers for two of the games. It's I know people talk about it being a back five, but there were wing backs going forward. We've got Kieran Tierney, who's a left centre back, who you know is is bombing forward. Just as I say that, Croatia have bagged an injury time equaliser in their game, so it looks as if that one's going to extra time. We'll touch on that one in a second. But you know, a lot of people, I think, whether it stems back to his days at Komar, I can just say, well, he's just defensive and he's hard to beat. But mm-hmm. is it not all about? Organisation And trying to make sure You've got a team that Yes they're hard to beat But there are those outlets Scotland created a lot of opportunities oh. At Euro 2020 But just didn't take them Was that not more the issue than Oh he was too defensive um, the, the, the the question of who's there to take them Becomes the issue uh, You know In Tierney McTominay Gilmer um, Andy Robertson We have Terrific players But their quality Is not replicated up front uh, che Adams and Lyndon Dykes uh, Cannot fault them for effort But It would be lovely to find someone of Quality up front However it's international football You can't buy one They're either born here or their granny was born here uh, And then you can pick them um, So I did think we were deficient You know, One goal in the tournament One point out uh, We'll never again have two home ties at Hamden we lost five goals at Hamden, not good enough. Uh, there were all manner of mistakes with regard to Steve Clark. I think uh, in the first game, substitutes were coming on at a bewildering rate. And then uh, against Croatia in the final game, they weren't coming on at all uh, until it was too late. So mistakes were made. In summary, I don't think we a good Euro 2020, but... In spite of the fact that Tommy's insisting that Steve Clark goes now, he enjoys the full confidence of the SFA and they want him to stay. But I repeat, the two games away to Denmark and to Austria are pivotal. 
We're watching Croatia at the moment Putting in a very good display Against Spain 3-all Looks as if that's going to extra time Czech Republic have made it through as well I've seen some suggestions of people saying Oh well You know we were really in the group of death Now that all three teams Potentially are going through to the quarterfinals Do you buy into that at all? No No because when we played the Czech Republic We went in there with tremendous confidence And we knew uh, That a win there could have set us up And we were playing at Hamden uh, And we simply did not play well enough uh, and they had the quality that we did not have in Patrick Schick up front. Uh, and when we played Croatia, I thought our destiny is in our hands. I thought we could do it at Hamden, but unfortunately, we did not play anything like well enough. Well, thank you to Tommy. Let's hear quickly from National Clinical Director Jason Leach speaking yesterday, saying there's a possibility we could have full capacity crowds by the 9th of August. Got fans in Stadia already. Two groups of them, the routine ones, quite low numbers, I understand that. People will tell me that's not significant, but it is a significant change. And gateway events. So the Euros, the Lions... Lots of special permissions, lots of special mitigations. But in the next six weeks, two really important moments, all being well, heavily caveated because I can't guarantee them. On the 19th of July, we remove physical distancing outdoors and everybody moves to level zero, all being well. That will allow perhaps Stadia to have a few more people, but they'll have to ask local authorities and ask the government to start to make those changes. From the 9th of August... Indoor physical distancing is removed and the level system is removed. Now, there'll still be baseline mitigations, let's call them. So you'll still do test and protect. You'll still isolate people if they've got symptoms. We'll still do a lot of testing. But in principle, yes, from that date, if that date happens, then events can go ahead in a much more normal way than we've grown used to. The thing about what Jason Leach says there is he says it's heavily caveated uh-huh. and we've been here before where we've heard oh there's going to be fans in and then it's kind of been taken away from us so it's obviously showing us a bit of optimism but we probably need to be cautiously optimistic because it's all driven by by numbers really. Well as he said July 19 uh, you'd be able to move around freely uh, if numbers rise in cases and heaven forbid in deaths uh, then there may be a review. However, uh, you know, from my perspective, we seem to be moving in the right direction. And uh, as I say, there are two arguments here, an emotional argument, an economic argument. The emotional argument is that people people want their lives back. And part of their lives in this part of the world revolves around football. And people want to go back to the football. And the economic argument, football clubs cannot go on in this country indefinitely without revenue coming in through the gate therefore from the emotional and economic perspective it is vital that we get people back in in August I mean it would be a huge boost that the way he's talking there could potentially from the second league weekend of the season oh. having full crowds don't want to get too ahead of myself but that would be fantastic yeah uh, as I say we want our lives back and we have missed that important integral part of our lives that is football and the sooner we get the people back into the ground, the better. 
Well thank you for all your calls tonight I'll be back tomorrow night with Alex Ray And uh, we'll see how that Croatia and Spain game has turned out 30 more minutes to go in that one There's a small matter of England against Germany That's on tomorrow when we're in the studio as well I wonder who will all be supporting in that one Who knows But make sure to join us then I'm sure it'll be a good one And make sure to stick around tonight Because Callum Gallagher is up next <laughs>